everybody. How was your Christmas? You get everything on your wish list? Uh, I sure you did. I sure you were really traded and spoiled, and I'm so glad you're here today. And we've been looking forward to today for a long time. You're going to enjoy the next few moments of our service. It's already been beautiful just being in the worship and the presence of God, but uh, we're really, really delighted today to have Joe and Karen Amaral with us. First, would you give a big hand to both of them? And Karen, always great to have you when you're able to come and join Joe. They are friends of Portico. If you've attended for a while, you've met them before. But if you're new today and you're visiting today, we want to welcome you here. A little bit of background. Uh, Joe and Karen work together for Century Foundations, and they help us as followers of Christ to understand the strong and beautiful Hebraic roots that we have in our faith. And that's been a big part of their ministry. And they have First Century Foundations as a part of their ministry organization and Amaral TV. And uh, just more recently, Joe was asked to, and he uh, accepted the opportunity to become co-anchor on Huntley Street. So we want to honor you, Joe. Way to go. That's really good. So if you're uh, watching Huntley Street, you're going to see and see him on there occasionally. And it's so good to have that. Most recently, what's been going on in his life and his world has been this little thing that you see in the sign behind me here called Story in the Stars, and how God has been just sharing in Joe's life, and he's been sharing with others, sort of the bigger picture of what the universe looks like and how the story of salvation is all wrapped up in a very visible way, and maybe in a way we haven't always seen. And I'm not going to take that away, so I want Joe to be able to tell the story, but would you welcome him as he comes up to the platform? Joe, so good to have you here. Hey, thank you so much. Brother. Welcome to Portico. Thanks, brother. Well, welcome to church on this uh, first Sunday after Christmas. I want to thank Pastor Doug and Jeff and all the team here for inviting me to be here. Uh, several months ago, I think I sent uh, Doug an email and said, hey, check out what I'm doing. See if it's something that you would be interested in having in your church. And then we uh, got a coffee together and... Next thing we knew, God was just moving and said, hey, let's do this a portico, not just a Sunday service, but let's create an event. Let's create an opportunity where people from our church can bring friends and family members to a safe, to a safe place. Because sometimes we don't know what church service is going to be like. Is it going to be too weird, too much for our friends who don't come from a faith background, right? What's going to happen in the service? So we thought, if we did a Sunday night, so January the 17th at 6 p.m. here at Portico, we're going to do a special uh, event, and and it's kind of tailored for outreach. It's made for you. You have friends, you have family members that you've been sharing the gospel with. They know you're a Christian. They're not 100% sure what it's all about, and you've not had a real opportunity to bring them out to an event. This is created for you. And after you hear this morning's message, I know that God's going to put people on your hearts, that you know you need to ask to come to that night on the 17th. And so this morning I'm going to share a message called Story in the Stars. And it's something a little different than what people have been used to hearing me talk about. Tomorrow morning if you're home, anybody on Christmas holiday still this week? Yeah? Okay, so tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m., I'll be live on 100 Huntley Street, so make sure you tune in. Uh, I'm there all week. We're counting down the end of the year and getting ready to roll into 2016. If you've not watched Huntley for a while, please, I would encourage you, give it another shot. I think you'll be very, very pleasantly surprised with the changes that that have been made at Huntley. Now, today I have 32 minutes, no, 33 minutes and 23 seconds to share a two-hour message with you, so let's let's get to it, okay? Um, How many people here would say you, you believe in God? Can I see your hand? You believe in God? 
Okay. And of those who raised their hands, would you say um, you believe that God created the universe? You anybody? Okay. Now, we could probably have a discussion over how God created the universe. Did he do it 5,000 years ago? Did he do it 5 billion years ago? We could have that conversation. But the point is we believe that he created the universe. That's good. So would you say that you believe that God made all the stars in our universe? Yeah. And that God arranged them in the sky? And that God gave them names? So what you're telling me is that God created the Zodiac Wheel. (laughs) You know that? That's what you just told me. You told me that you believe that God created the Zodiac signs. And you've heard about these, right? Virgo, Gemini, Leo. Some of you are freaking out right now. (laughs) Some of you are wondering, why did Pastor Doug invite this guy? Just stay with me for the whole thing, I promise. It's going to be Christ-centered, biblically-centered. But it's going to challenge some of us. You see, the enemy can't create anything. The devil does not have the ability to create. All he can do is take what's already been made and twist it. He can deceive you. He uses uses deception to make us focus on other things, but he can't create anything. So saying that, that means that the enemy himself did not actually create the constellations of the night sky. God did. What the enemy did was he created an alternate meaning to what they were once originally. And that's what I want to talk about today. You see, Pastor Doug did not invite me today to teach us about your star signs. Uh, We're not here to group all the Aries on one side of the room and the Virgos over here. We're not here to talk about astrology, okay? Astrology in the Bible is forbidden. In fact, in the book of Jeremiah, this is what God says. Anyone caught consulting the sun, the moon, and the stars, worshiping them, praying to them, going to them, if you're caught doing that, God says, he says, I won't bury you. I won't even pick you up. And this is the portico-friendly version. The Bible says, the God says, you will be like dung on the ground. So so astrology and, and horoscopes to God are garbage. They're actually worse than garbage. You know where I'm going with this. So we're not here to talk about astrology. We're here to talk about astronomy. We're here to talk about why did God put 350 billion stars in the sky. Why did he create these 48 symbols in the, in the night sky? And how in the world can they speak to me about God or about the Bible? If you've ever looked at any of the signs in the zodiac or the constellations, there's some pretty weird ones. Have you guys seen them? There's a guy who's half horse, half man, right? Half goat, half fish. But what if I said to you that God could actually speak to you through these incredibly bizarre symbols? You would say, Joe, you're treading on thin ice here. Well, didn't God speak to, to a pharaoh in the Old Testament? The country was going to die of starvation, and God gave him a dream. And in the dream, he saw seven skinny cows eating seven fat cows. Now, if you had that dream, would you wake up in the morning and go, wow, God spoke to me last night? Is that what you would say? You would say, man, no more Taco Bell after 11. (laughs) Right? We've all had dreams we've woken up from, and they could be vivid, they could be so realistic, but you think, God, what in the world is going on? Well, that happened to me a few years ago, but before I get to the dream, let me just encourage you guys, if you get a chance sometime at home on your smartphones or computers, 
uh, just pop on over to, you know, either Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, and you can get connected to the ministry and just kind of know a little bit more about what we do and see some of the pictures that we send out. <clears throat> and if you enjoy today's message, we have two products at a table back there called Story in the Stars. One is a coffee table book, which you can use uh, to have at home. And the second one is, is this thing. It's a Blu-ray DVD digital copy combo pack, all in one. And some people don't understand, you know, there's two discs inside of here. There's a Blu-ray disc, and then there's a physical DVD disc, and on there is a digital copy, which you can put on a portable device. Now, let me see the hands of people who are 25 and under. Okay, first hand I saw was you here. So would you like a copy? Okay. Here, here I, I can lob it to you, I think. It's not too far. Very good. Okay. Would anybody else enjoy a copy of the film? You can get it for 20 bucks on the back table. And if you could help us out, it was a little chaotic after the first couple of services. Uh, I think to the left side of the table, they're going to do like if you want to pay by cash, you can do that. Or is it? Or the other side. To the right side of the table, please, you can see my in-laws, Clyde and Mary, and they'll be there if you want to pay just straight cash. But if you want to do debit or credit, Line up to the left, just so we can make it a little bit orderly. And you can decide if that's something that you, you want to pick up. Okay, well, let's start with, with Genesis 1.14. I'm just going to kind of go ahead here a little bit. The Bible speaks of, of constellations. The Bible speaks about the stars, the sun, and the moons. And I, I didn't know that they were in the Bible until I began to investigate it. I thought for sure I would not find the word star unless it was talking about God creating a star. And I definitely wouldn't find the word zodiac in the Bible, right? I would not find the word constellation in the Bible. But actually, I found it there several times. And I was very surprised by two people who used the word zodiac, constellation. It shocked me. The first one was God himself. And the second one was Jesus Christ as a man on earth. And that blew my mind, because I'm a good Christian. I mean, I don't watch movies, I don't watch TV, I just pray all day and read my Bible. Hashtag sarcasm. Anyways, uh, I was shocked that these things were in the Bible, because I was taught never to look at these things. So you can imagine when I woke up from a dream, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to explore the zodiac signs, I want you to explore the constellations. I was totally blown away. So God took me to Genesis 1.14, and this is what it says. And God said, let there be lights. And the lights there are our sun, our moon, and all the stars in the sky. By the way, every star that you see in the sky is a sun. Some of us don't know that. A sun has its own system of planets that orbit it, just like our sun does. Uh, our sun is called a yellow dwarf sun. We have a cute little sun in the universe. It's, uh, we have one of the runts of the litter. Our sun is so small. You think it's big, right? You know, you could put 1.3 million Earths inside of our one sun alone. Come on, can you say wow or something? <laughs> That's huge, right? 1.3 million Earths inside of our sun, and it's a yellow dwarf sun. The biggest sun, the biggest star so far that we've been able to find in the universe is called Canis Majoris, which means the big dog in Latin. Are you ready for this? 
It's over a billion times the size of our sun. Like, can you grasp that? Now, you guys are quiet because you're taking it in, and I forgot to tell you the rule. I've said it before, and I, I forget sometimes to do this. If you learn something new today, do me a favor and just go, wow. We tried holy smokes in the first service. They didn't like that. So we're going to stick with wow. So practice. One, two, three. Okay. Now, who's 25 and under? Let me see those hands again. Okay. it's a lot of you. You don't have to say wow because I heard it's not cool. It's for the older folks. We say, wow, we're, that's neato. That's what we say at our, at our age. I was at a youth, uh, a young adults event, and there was a guy sitting over here. And, and during the service while I was teaching, he started doing this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I know I'm 45, but I'm not that out of the loop. It, it caught me so off guard, I had to stop and said, what are you doing? You're blowing my mind. (laughs) So you can do that, you guys. And then later in the service, another guy was doing this during the service. I was like, what is wrong with this church? I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm picking up pieces of my brain from off of the floor because you blew my mind. So this morning you can do, wow, whatever you want to do, okay? But God said, let there be lights, let there be suns and moons and stars in in the vault of the sky. And they're going to separate the day from the night. That's their primary purpose. That's what they do every day. But he said, but let them serve as signs. And in Greek, we'll find out as we move on, the word for signs in Greek is zodiacos, which is zodiac. And it simply means to move in a circle. That's all it is. The zodiac moves in a circle. We have all this negative attachment to it because of what the world and the enemy has done, but in its simplest form, it doesn't mean anything bad. It just means moving in a circle. So God said, let all this stuff serve to be signs, to be constellations. And what are they for? Well, they're they're to mark sacred times. Now, I I thought Joe Amaral was the most awesome creature on this planet, and so does my wife. I was expecting it. Okay. I thought Joe Amaral was so awesome and that the, the sun, moon, and the stars were created to, to mark the announcement of my birth. And so I looked on March 30th, 1970, and nothing. I thought that was a sacred time, but apparently it wasn't. So what would be a sacred time to God? What would be so important to him that he would line up the universe to make announcement about it? Well, what about the birth of the Son of God? Would that be a sacred time? Right? We celebrated it two days ago. Now, I think most of us in the room understand that Jesus was not actually born on December 25th. December 25th was a day chosen by the early church to commemorate the birth of Jesus. It's fine. We didn't know the actual date, so a date was chosen to say, we're going to pick this date to remember his birth. That's beautiful. That's fine. I'm not here to to wreck Christmas or to change the date, December 25th is the day that we recognize his birth. But now through creation, through astronomy, through the study of the positions of the stars in the sky, of of galaxies, uh, of nebulas, we can actually determine, before you leave today, I'm going to tell you the exact date of Jesus' birth. Yeah. By using the sun, the moon, and the stars, because God said he created them to mark sacred days. 
So not only can I tell you when he was born by using stars in the sky, I can actually tell you the date of Jesus' crucifixion, the exact date. And based on the date of his crucifixion, I know when he rose from the dead, because three nights and three days on the morning of the fourth, he rose from the dead. So I can tell you when. On all those days, there was incredible phenomena in the night sky. Yeah. We hear about the star of Bethlehem a lot, but there was a lot more. Remember when he crucified, the moon turned to blood and the, the, the light was turned to darkness? They're talking about solar eclipses. They're talking about lunar eclipses. All I have to do is go back into NASA's uh, storage system and their dating, and I can find out when those events took place, thus figuring out when Jesus was born and when he was crucified. Whoa. I'm going to say holy smokes. That's a holy smokes one. Now, God talks about astronomy. This shocked me. I think we, we just lost this thing here, guys. Just advance for the next one for me. In Job chapter 38, verses 31 and 32, this is the oldest manuscript known in in human history. It's about 6,000 years old, the book of Job. Now, I know Genesis is the actual start of creation, but Genesis wasn't written down until thousands of years later. But the book of Job was actually penned first. So in the oldest document in history, we have God admitting to or confessing to a few things that I found staggering, and I hope you find them staggering too. God says to Job, he said, Hey, Job, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? You see, Pleiades is a cluster of seven stars. You can see them with a cheap pair of binoculars in the constellation of Taurus. 6,000 years ago, God is using the names of signs of zodiacs, and then he says, Can you loosen Orion's belt? You can see Orion's belt in the night sky, especially now during the wintertime. And God says, can you cause the constellations? Can you bring them forth in their seasons? So God is taking ownership of creating the constellations and causing them to move. Now let me, let me take you to, let me just go ahead um, to Psalm 8.3, if you wouldn't mind, to the white slide. It says, when I consider your heavens the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you, God, has what? What has God done? He set them in place. Go to Psalm 147.4. It says, and now he counts the number of stars, and he calls them all by name. That blows my mind. There's 350 billion stars in our galaxy alone. Hubble Space Telescope has found over 100 billion galaxies, and each galaxy themselves contain between 300 billion to a trillion stars. And God says, I know them all by name. You see, and then Joe Amaral begins to worry because he can't find his sock. And then you get worried because you can't find a job. And then you get worried because of something... And we think our problem is so big. And God says, I got it. God says, I got it. Because not a star goes out without me knowing. I know them all by name. I have strategically positioned all of them. Now, because we're here in, in, the, in the Christmas spirit, I, I want to get to a verse here in, in Psalm 19 to, to lead up to what I really, really want to talk about today. We've all used this before in Psalm 19. We've all said, the heavens declare the glory of God. Have you ever looked up at the, at the sky on a, on a nice sunset? 
and you see that orange red. Isn't that awesome to see? You go, wow, it's beautiful. No one can even capture that in a painting. The heavens declare God's glory. It's so amazing. But then we stop at that part of the passage, and we don't read the rest of what it says. But if you do, it's actually very interesting. This is the psalmist David. He says, you know what, guys? The skies actually proclaim the work of his hands. So they declare, they proclaim, and day after day, now they pour forth speech. Night after night, these stars, they reveal knowledge. The King James says, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Whatever God is talking about, whatever the glory of God is, God is saying that the skies are proclaiming, they're pouring forth speech, they're revealing knowledge in every every language, no matter where in the world you live. Whatever is so important, God wants to make sure that everybody on the planet will know about it. So here's the question. If the heavens are declaring God's glory, well, what is the glory of God? Because that's what the heavens are declaring, we just read. Now, what is the glory of God, Portico? Is it, is it a nice feeling that we get during worship? Is it something we feel in our hearts when we're praying and we ask God to fill us? What is the glory of God? Like, how do you really describe it? Well, in our research, we came out with something or came to discover something pretty phenomenal. The glory of God isn't the thing. The glory of God isn't the place. It's not even an experience. But the glory of God is an actual person. Now, whoever this person is, he is so important that all of the heavens were created to declare him, to tell of him. Would you agree that whoever this person is, he's pretty important? Well, who do you think it is? You're afraid to say. Hebrews 1.3 says the sun, the S-O-N, not the S-U-N, the sun in the sky, but the sun is the radiance of God's glory. That's telling us that Jesus is actually the glory of God and the heavens were created to declare night after night to pour forth speech to tell us about the glory of God who is a person who is Jesus. Come on, there's got to be at least an amen somewhere. Somewhere. And then Jesus picks up on it and he says, hey, there will be signs. What's the Greek word for signs? Zodiacos. Did you know that Jesus talked about constellations? Am I freaking you out right now? Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Here we go. Jesus said, guys, there will be signs. There will be these constellations made up of the sun, the moon, and the stars. In fact, he says, then will appear the sign. (laughs) In the sky, there will appear a constellation about the Son of Man in heaven. Did you know that Jesus said that until right now? Come on. Anybody? It's like, what? Okay, well, let me give you an example. I'm going to come back to this one in a second. I want to go to Revelation. Remember I talked about dreams and having bizarre dreams sometimes? I had one three years ago. 
And I woke up and I was, I was buzzing because it was so vibrant. It was so vivid. <clears throat> and I told my dear wife of almost 25 years at the time. We've been married 25 years now. But at the time I told her, I said, honey, and I shared with her my dream. And, and my dear supportive wife looked with those baby blues at me and she said, that's really weird. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Am I lying? That's what she said. She was, please, for the love of all that is holy, do not tell anybody that dream. Well, let me tell you the dream and see if you'd give me the same advice. You know, I'm a 40-something-year-old pastor, hold credentials with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, travel the world preaching holiness and purity and the gospel. And in this dream, I looked up and I saw a woman hovering in space. That's pretty normal, right? And don't ask me how, but I knew the woman was a virgin. And then beside her, this enormous red dragon appeared in my dream. And the, the dragon had multiple heads, and I didn't know what he was up to, but I knew he wanted to hurt the woman, and then I woke up. And then God spoke to me these words, three words, check the constellations. That's the answer to what this dream is all about. Check the constellations. God was telling me to check the zodiac signs. I said, God, I think you're, <laughs> I know you're God and all, but this can't be you. The constellations are from the devil, they're from the enemy. There's no way you're telling me to check the constellations. Check the constellations, Joe. I said, but I know this voice. 25 years ago, that voice said, marry that woman. That voice said, go to Bible college, become a pastor, go to Israel, write a book, do Huntley Street, do this. I know the voice, so I know it can't be wrong, but I also know it can't be right. Does that make any sense? Check the constellations. And so, can I save all the men in the room a lot of repenting? Don't go to Google and type in virgin and dragon. Just don't. Just buy the book. It's a lot safer. So I decided to go into the Bible app and I type in, you know, dragon. It talks about the enemy being a dragon and the great serpent and it's going through all this. And then imagine my shock when I come to Revelation chapter 12. And the Bible says that a great sign, what's the word for sign? Come on, you can say it in church. It's okay. What's... Sign. Okay. So who wrote the book of Revelation? Do you guys remember? The, the disciple, the apostle John, right? So he's been exiled to the island of Patmos. I can move now, right? We're not streaming? Okay. So he's exiled to the Isle of Patmos 2,000 years ago in the middle of the ocean. There is nothing around him, no electricity, no light pollution whatsoever. So when it's a clear night, the stars are like popping. I live in Milton. On a good night, I can see 50 stars out of 350 billion. That's not good. John could probably see a, a, a couple of billion with his eyes where he was. Completely dark. The stars are everywhere. He's looking out at the ocean, and the sky looks like it falls into the sea. Does everybody understand? Right? So as it gets dark, what happens 
when it gets dark. The stars begin to rise, right? The constellations, the shapes, they begin to rise in the night sky. You know there's a constellation called the Great Beast? And John said, I looked and I saw a beast, what? Rising out of the sea. Nothing? Okay. So imagine John, he sees the beast rise out of the sea. So he's watching the constellations come up into the air. And then he goes, oh, and then I saw a sign. I saw a sign of a woman. Well, I know what he's talking about right away. There's only one sign that's a woman. That's a constellation called Virgo. So I saw a woman in the sky, and, and the sun, she was clothed in the sun, and there was a moon at her feet, and the dragon swept a, a third of the stars out of the sky and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, what in the world is John seeing? That sounds like a crazy dream, does it not? But do you know that based on this, I can tell you exactly when Jesus was born? How many would like to know when Jesus was born? Okay. Well, the sign is Virgo. Virgo is a woman. <clears throat> out, of the four, out of all the constellations, she's the only female. Whether you go back to a 5,000-year-old Egyptian, Chinese, Persian, Hebrew star map, they all show the woman, Virgo. And in every language, her name means virgin. And she's always holding a branch in her right hand. And we might think, well, what's the big deal with that? Well, a branch in the Bible four times is referring to God. And the Bible says here that a virgin will conceive. And then Isaiah says that the virgin will conceive and bring forth a what? A branch. In the very first sign of Virgo, it's saying that one day a virgin will give birth to God himself. Okay, some of you... We'll get this after lunch. Do you understand what just happened? In the very first sign of Virgo, it's saying that one day a virgin will give birth to a branch, and that branch will be called God. You celebrated it two days ago. Oh, my goodness. Here's what it looks like. Virgo in the sky. So can I give you my thinking? We have about six minutes, and I'm going to give you... I'm going to blow your mind for the next six minutes. You guys okay? Yeah, okay, okay. I know you're taking this in. You see, when John says, I saw a woman, the sign of a woman, I know it's Virgo. Guess what I know? Virgo is only in the sky during certain times of the year. So when he says Virgo, I know it's September. And then he says that she was clothed in the sun. That means the sun was passing through the constellation of Virgo. I know when that takes place, early September. And then John says, just in case you're confused, not only did I see the constellation of Virgo, not only was the sun passing through her, but the moon was passing underneath her feet. That only happened one day. All of a sudden, John has given us coordinates. And he's given us a day. Okay. Are we okay? Okay. What about the dragon? Dragons don't exist. What's John seeing in the sky? And how does a dragon knock a third of the stars out of heaven? That's like over 100 billion stars because there's 300 billion in a galaxy. <clears throat> I'm going to pick on somebody different because I, I picked on Pastor Doug earlier. 
I'm going to, are you guys married to each other? Okay, great. Can I have you both come up real quick? Come up real quick. I have five minutes and eight seconds, so come on up. Everybody usually claps. Don't clap. They haven't done anything. No, they haven't done anything. <laughs> Not yet. Come here. Okay, sir, you're going to be the sun, the center of the galaxy. How do you like that? The center of our solar system. Everything revolves around you. Do you like that? Yeah, feel important. You feel important. Great. This is your dear wife, and she's the earth. And she's going to start to walk around you. Please go ahead. Walk around your husband. He's loving this. Look at his face. <laughs> Keep walking. You're the earth. You never stop spinning. See, the, the earth is moving at 55,000 miles per hour around the sun. Now, I'm going to make it hard for you. This is easy. See, the earth not only goes around the sun, but we turn like this, right? It takes us 24 hours to make one turn. That's called a day, right? So keep going. Are you getting dizzy? Me too. I've done this three times, sweetheart. Okay. So stop. Now, I don't know if you were actually looking, but while you were moving around the room, you were looking at a different part, right? And as you were spinning, you were looking at even more different parts. What happens, the earth is on an orbit around the sun. So we're always looking at different parts, and we're traveling through space, okay? Thanks, guys. I just wanted you to have the visual. So we're passing through space. The constellations aren't moving. They're there. The stars are there. We're the ones moving. So it looks different every month of the year. John says that the tail of the dragon flung a third of the stars from the heavens. So I look up when Virgo was in the sky and when the dragon constellation was in the sky. And wouldn't you know it? Between September 10th and 12th, the constellation of Draco passes through uh, the remnant of a comet, a comet, and so we experience a meteor shower. So to John, it looks like a third of the stars are falling out of the sky. So now what do we do is we collate everything. When was Virgo there? When was the sun there? When was the moon here? When did we go through the meteor shower? Now add to this, remember the wise men? What were they following? A star. A planetos in Greek actually means a planet, means a wandering star. They were following a star. They didn't know it at the time, but it was called Jupiter. Every star is called a king. And because Jupiter is the biggest of all, guess what Jupiter is called? The king of kings. Jupiter is so large and it's perfect distance from the earth on its orbit around us, it has just the right amount of gravity that as large asteroids and meteors come hurling to earth to destroy us, Jupiter takes it and swings it around and back into deep space. Or if it's too big and it can't have momentum to swing it, Jupiter takes the impact upon itself. It's called the bruising of the planet. The planet takes the brunt of what would destroy humanity upon itself just to save us. That's who Jupiter is. And so Jupiter is coming across the night sky, and the wise men are following it, and on one day only, Jupiter aligns with another star. This is what the Bethlehem star is. It's a multiple of things. It's the planet Jupiter aligning with the little star called Regulus in a constellation called Leo, which is the constellation of the king. So 
Holy smokes. The woman, the sun, the moon, the dragon, Jupiter, the little star, the constellation of the king, all of that happens on one day. It happened in our calendar on September the 11th, 3 B.C., But more important than that is it happened on the Jewish day, the first day of a month called Tishri. On that day, it begins what's called the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Declaration. And in ancient times, in antiquity, whenever a new king was to be announced to the people of Israel, they would do it on the Day of Trumpets. So on the Day of Trumpets is when the people expected the king to be announced. Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. On the day the nation was waiting for the king, that's the day he was born. Come on. See, I know you're not applauding for me. I know you're applauding for the material because that's mind-blowing. You see, this is the extent of God's love. That he would create the universe and cause it to align to declare the birth of a son, to declare the glory of God. So night after night, if we look up, we understand that he's talking about Jesus. January 17th, folks, this is what it's all about. I want you to bring friends. A pastor wants you to bring friends, family members, who you know have been talking to you about astrology or talking about the blood moons or talking about the mission to Mars. There's all kinds of stuff going on. This is an opportunity for us to use this to bring people into the kingdom. So right now, I'm asking God to lay somebody on your heart. And I want you to pray about how you can get that person to come to that event. Let's believe for souls to be saved. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor to come. We'll meet you at the book table, folks. Thank you.